Hello, and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I'm Stella, and uh, yeah, there's so much to talk about today. Um, as you know, the universe does, I got a little bit of inspiration at the beginning of the week. It kind of developed more uh, during the week, and, uh, and here we are today. And so what I wanted to talk about um, is emotional safety, but also uh, toxic environments and how it's very challenging when we are in a toxic environment uh, because we become acclimated to whatever the air is, right? Um, and oftentimes our family of origin can be toxic, but it's not the only space in which uh, we develop unhealthy coping skills and learn unhelpful behavior. Um, but specific to family, and we'll start there and then we'll kind of move on, but specific to kind of that toxic environment is just kind of the, the belief systems that we are born into, uh, some of the behaviors that are unhelpful. I have talked before um, on my challenges and struggles with reacting first and responding later. Um, I get it from my mama. That's kind of her jam. Um, and it's, it's taken me a while to learn how to do that differently. Um, but when we are in an environment, we are rarely aware of what is happening specific to, you know, behaviors, especially when we're little or, um, when we're first in, introduced into an environment, like oftentimes if it's a, if it's, if we're conscious and aware, we're aware this is, this feels not great. Um, but when we're kind of born into a system, we don't necessarily know anything different. And it's not until we leave that system do we recognize, oh, that was kind of fucked up or it wasn't, that wasn't the most helpful. It wasn't um, beneficial to my growth. And lots of things grow in toxic systems. I uh, have often used the analogy or, or uh, you know, the, the symbol of the lotus. Um, and so I have a, a few lotus tattoos, uh, and I love a lotus. They're beautiful. But they grow in really yick, like disgusting environments, just like the shittiest, grossest water. <laughs> and they're beautiful, uh, but that's where they grow. And so really thinking about the systems that have developed our maybe unhelpful coping skills or dif distinct way of looking at the world, it's not until we leave those systems do we then recognize that wasn't the best environment. So oftentimes, and especially with the writing on codependency, um, and certainly in writing now The Journey of Detachment, I do start to recognize, oh, that was probably not the best way for me to learn how to do things specific to relationships and in engaging with human beings. Um, you know, we grow up in the system that we are born into. Um, and obviously, like our our families of origin do not choose consciously to be like, oh, I'm just gonna mess you up a little bit more. Um, that's not the initial goal. The initial goal is I want to take this tiny human being and do the best I can with the skills and tools that I have. Um, and that changes over time, obviously. I have talked about the fact that um, you know, I had my daughter when I was pretty young, I was 20. Um, and obviously a 20 year old now retrospectively, I recognize does not have the skills and tools, <laughs> even though I participated in raising my siblings, like raising my own human. Uh, I didn't know how to do that. Uh, very grateful that I did it when I was 20 and I didn't know what I was doing. So we were both just kind of surviving and getting through. Um, but I took a lot of the tools that I had learned in my family of origin. 
And um, so in working with clients, and especially when they are at this place of growth and development, uh, they don't recognize that, um, you know, this is just how we did it. Like, this, that's how things happened in my home. Um, and so once they're in new environments or learning new skills or unlearning certain behaviors, do they then recognize, oh, there is a different way of doing this. And I have often said that my job is to teach people different ways of one, looking at their environment and experience, and then two, learning other tools and skills to be able to do things uh, that, you know, kind of foster better relationships. And so um, I've had a series of conversations in the last week with a lot of different human beings, which I'm super grateful to like be able to do that. Um, at, at two separate opportunities uh, in the last week, I've had conversations with people that are close to me that say that they really just don't enjoy uh, kind of small talk and surface conversations. Uh, they are the kinds of humans that want to ask deep um introspective questions and, you know, get further answers, um, which I, I think is helpful, uh, though sometimes it can be very taxing <laughs> to be like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. And now my brain is going to think about that for the next couple days. Um, anyway, really recognizing that toxic systems exist and we go into environments and spend time with human beings who sometimes are raised in the same household and have a very different perspective and sometimes are raised in very different households. And then we come together and go, well, this happened in my house and that happened in your house. And that seems really weird. And how do we do it differently? Right. Um, but once we get out of a toxic system and so start with family of origin, then we go into like our school environment for some of us, uh, the school environment was not helpful. Um, for me, high school was not a thing, although one of my really close friends loved high school and she really succeeded at it. <laughs> um, and we are very different. We have very different perspectives um, and yet we're still very close. Um, and so really thinking like those environments and, and part of a toxic system is feeling as though I don't fit in this system. I am somehow doing this poorly. Um, and, and it does create this feeling of there's something wrong with me. I have said often before too, like my clients tend to be black sheep, which I love a black sheep. I am a black sheep. I did not fit in my system or my family of origin because I just thought and saw things differently. Um, I asked those really difficult questions. I was like, why, why, why does it work that way? I don't like the way that works. And I am going to, you know not fit into the system. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to get in trouble often because I have a smart mouth and I ask questions. Uh, <laughs> raising my hand for those of you who are listening. Um, I have mentioned before, like I went to Catholic school um, and a smart mouthed female who asks a lot of questions doesn't really fare well in that environment. Um, you know, my mom did foster questions, which I loved. And my mom did grow and evolve as we grew and evolved. And so the mom that I had as the oldest um, was very different than the mom that, you know, my, my siblings had because she'd had more experiences. She read a lot of things. She, from her own curious place, was like, how do I do this differently? This doesn't seem to be working. My mom herself was a black sheep. She left her family. Um, she was raised in Denver and moved out to New Mexico. And we didn't have family around us. Um, and so dad too, uh, you know, kind of raised down South 
and um, South New Mexico <laughs> um, and, you know, left his family of origin and came to Albuquerque. Um, and so I was raised by black sheep. I was raised by people who bucked their system, who wanted to do it differently. Um, and I'm super grateful for those, you know, kind of foundational, formational humans who were like, we don't want to do it the way we were, we were raised. We want to do it differently. Um, and then they, you know, gave us other different systems to be part of. Um, in doing so, though, uh, and in being the kind of, you know, tenacious, curious, um, outspoken human that I am, I learned different things. I learned different ways of doing it. And so then when I had my human, um, <clears throat> I would try, you know, initially to do the things that, that I was raised doing and then doing it differently. Um, and she is off in the world, you know, raising her own ruckus, <laughs> not humans, but, you know, just bucking her own systems, which I'm super grateful to be able to watch um, and see her go into systems with her curiosity and uh, tenacity and smart mouth. And she asks a lot of questions. So when we extricate ourselves from a toxic or challenging environment and we go out into the larger world where perhaps the air is cleaner, um, we feel awkward. It feels uncomfortable. And so what I have taught clients is often it's important to uh, reassess the environment, both where you came from, where you are, and where you would like to go. And, uh, you know, especially when clients are healing and growing and learning new skills, they will default back to an environment that is comfortable. It's maybe not comfortable, but it's uh, familiar. And uh, it is our nature to, one, keep ourselves safe. And so anything that disquiets that uh, feels uncomfortable and it feels in it like an attack. And so we revert back to, wow, this is what, what I know to do to keep me safe. Um, and, you know, I, I am attracted to or I will attract human beings who mirror that same, you know, toxicity without really recognizing that that's what's happening. And so as they continue to grow and change and learn and, and ask questions and, and heal and unlearn uh, unhelpful behavior, they start to go, what is wrong? It's, this does not feel better. Oftentimes it feels uncomfortable. And especially when we are employing things like boundaries, when we are saying, I don't like this behavior. I want to keep myself safe, but I also want to have a relationship with you. So I'm going to communicate uh, what my expectations, what my needs are, and see whether or not, you know, this person I'm in relationship with can meet me where I'm at. If those humans are still in that toxic system, that might not work out very well. Um, and so I, you know, oftentimes, you know, when we talk about the idea of like addiction, um, and so people will get clean and then they go back into their toxic environment. They go back into the environment that, that kind of built those unhelpful coping in terms of addiction or in terms of, you know, unhelpful behavior. And so it's very challenging to maintain a level of healing and growth. Um, if you go back into a system that is not healed or healthy, um, you, you can clean out the... <laughs> You can take the girl out of the toxic system, but you can't take the toxicity out of the girl. Um, that's not necessarily true, but it does take effort. It does take consistency over time 
to be able to say like, this is not helpful for my growth and healing. This is not helpful for the relationships I'm trying to have. I feel like this growing thing is really uncomfortable and I'm going, I feel as though I'm going to lose those people that I care about, titled people, but not exclusively. And what does that mean for who I am and who I'm trying to develop into? What does that mean for feeling safe and feeling secure? I had a conversation with a client the other day about emotional safety specific to toxic environments. And so I had them go through kind of, you know, who do you feel physically safe with? And, you know, she named off a few people. Um, she's like, I know that nothing will happen to me when I'm with these humans. Um, but there was a caveat to that unless, you know, certain behavior is happening. Um, and so like all of us, you know, when I'm, when I am stressed, when I am anxious, uh, when I am not feeling great about myself, I can be prickly understood that I can say things that are not helpful if I do not feel safe. Uh, because it's protective. It is a way for me to keep myself safe. I will keep you over there. I will probably say some shitty thing. Not helpful to the relationship, but it keeps me safe in the moment. Water. Now, reflecting on emotional safety, uh, my physical person is generally pretty safe. Like I, I wear my seatbelts and, you know, I eat healthy food and I'm pretty aware of my environment. Um, but emotional safety is is difficult for me. Being emotionally vulnerable um, and open to my my sweet my love self <laughs> is less um, less secure depending on the relationship. Um, and so I, you know, close ranks. I I shut down. We've talked about the fact that like um, it is our nature to want to keep ourselves safe. So I hold things back and specific to codependency, I will get in the box. I'll make myself small. I won't say the things that I want to say because I don't want the other person to have a negative reaction. And, um, I feel like this is what I can control. Right. Um, and so learn that from a family of origin, all the people there, you know, not always the safest at the time, recognizing now that they were going through their own stuff. Okay. Um, in other relationships, we can go in fully secure, feeling good about ourselves. I like you, you like me, this is all great. Um, and then over time that toxicity kind of leaks in and those relationships then become toxic. Uh, we start fighting or arguing. I recognize that I am shutting myself down. I'm not going to say the thing because I don't want that negative reaction. I don't know how it works when you feel you're being attacked or you're having, you know, work things and, um, you know, maybe, maybe substances are involved, whatever it is that, that leeching of toxicity starts to happen. And it does not maybe happen all at once. Maybe it happens slowly over time. And before I recognize what's happening, I am in, you know, this smoky, foggy place and I start to lose parts of myself. I start to cut off those things that I really enjoy doing. I stop doing them. I start to really monitor the things that I'm saying because I'm afraid of a negative reaction. I care very deeply for who you are, um, but I don't feel safe emotionally. I don't feel like I can be my authentic, genuine self in this relationship. Those relationships can also be 
professional, right? I mean, I've talked to clients who work in environments that do not foster their independence and growth um, because they're afraid of one or three or seven, you know, kind of people who make that environment very uncomfortable. Specific to when we feel like our autonomy is compromised, but also it's tied to something that, um, you know, this is where I live, right? This is where I work every day. I have to work in this job because the money is good, but the place is not the best and most helpful to my feeling good about myself, right? And so we stay in environments for probably far longer, even though it's hard to breathe, even though it's hard to be our authentic selves. Um, I was you know, talking with someone last night and, you know, they were like, well, what made you stay? And I said, and I recognize this about myself and I have said it often, I can do anything for a year. I just can. I know that I can be in a toxic system and hold my breath and make myself small. I can do anything for a year. As long as I know that I will get through that situation. And it's interesting to me because I do recognize that living in my, my household and my family of origin was very much that. I can do anything for a year. I know that I will get out. I know that if I have to dig my way through <laughs> that particular mountain, I can do anything for a year. I know that I can be incredibly uncomfortable for significant periods of time as long as I can get myself out. That's... It's uh, it's a lot. It's a big statement, right? It's recognizing that I have been and probably can be in very difficult, uncomfortable situations. I can be uncomfortable for a long time. And I, I recognize it. Like I can get in a box and breathe shallowly <laughs> through my nose <laughs> for a long time. Right now, I choose not to. Right now, my big self, my whole self gets very uncomfortable at the thought of doing anything that does not honor and respect and love who I authentically am. I feel better when I can be my authentic self and say whatever silly thing comes out of my mouth and breathe and, you know, travel in space and time and not feel like I have to shut myself down and close myself up, but I can. I just consciously choose not to because I feel better when I am my big self. I feel better when I can say things and, you know, using the language that I use and, and, and be my authentic self. So I choose that more often than not. However, I know that I can be uncomfortable, which is a good thing and a bad thing because growing up in the system that I grew up in and being in the environments that I have, I recognize that I have the ability to do that. And so when my clients are learning how to grow and change, when those relationships that they don't want anymore start to fall away, it feels uncomfortable. I feel, I feel isolated. I feel a little bit alone. I feel a little awkward. Okay. All right. What I know to be true especially with resilience, is that my clients have gotten through those very difficult things, those very difficult environments, those very difficult circumstances that made them uncomfortable. So you can get through this. 
And so I will sit with them and say, all right, you're right. This week is absolute garbage. You took a risk on yourself. You moved to a different place and you don't have any support and you'll also be okay. I have seen clients do incredible things and they're, they're actually that, that muscle of being able to exist in a toxic system and then, you know, climb to the top of the mountain, whatever it is and breathe deeply. Yes, it's uncomfortable and you are very capable of doing it. So it's not going to kill you. It has yet to do that, right? Our anxiety, very uncomfortable. Our thoughts of like every terrible thing is going to happen. And it does, it doesn't, it doesn't happen, right? We start to go, okay, well, let me check my facts. What do I know to be true? Who do I know to be true that I am? What have I been through? I have been through lots of really hard things. I've been through really devastating, terrible things that I didn't think I would get through, and I did. So I know that I can be uncomfortable, probably for a long time, and I can move past that. I can pivot. I can change. I trust myself to be able to get through those things. I can get past this difficult relationship. I can get past this really devastating loss. I can get past these really awful circumstances and I can move forward to grow to the next step. That's a lot to teach a human being and I'm not teaching them anything new. I just listened to their narrative and said, well, you went through this thing and that sucked. You went through this thing and that was really hard and devastating and you thought you couldn't get up and then you did. And you're here now and you're telling me, I want to learn how to do something different. All right, that I can work with. Let's go, right? I was thinking about it as I was driving in today and I have said often that I train Jedis and warriors <laughs> because these people already have the raw talent to be able to get through their lives, to get to the place where they are standing in front of me going, how do I do this really difficult thing? Well, tell me what you've already done and I know how to get through, right? My own experience has taught me that I am capable of almost anything. And even though it's been uncomfortable, even though it was really hard to let go of all my things consciously and, you know, close down my practice and move to a different country, three of them, um, I trusted myself enough to be able to do it. And I, I realized that not everybody is really in a place or really wants to do those things. Totally fine. You don't have to. <laughs> Nobody says you do. But if you want to, you can. And you'll be uncomfortable and it'll be difficult. And you will sometimes not know, what the hell am I doing? Totally, totally viable in that journey. And you will continue to grow and change and learn how to do that. You will get to the top of the mountain. I had mentioned in a TikTok that, uh, you know, raised in the high desert, at least uh, 5,300 feet in the air. Um, and people come here to New Mexico to train, to run distances. Uh, especially if they, you know, were raised in an environment at sea level, uh, because they can breathe more deeply and the oxygen is pure and the air is incredible. And it's also difficult to breathe <laughs> sometimes. Uh, but having been raised here, uh, my, my ability to, uh, to move my body, um, works differently. So now that I have lived in this environment, top of the mountain, breathing deeply, I can do that in other environments. I, I know when I train clients 
you know, how to work through their challenges, how to work and manage their anxiety, how to work past those really significant depressions, they learn how to breathe deeply. They learn how to check their facts. They learn how to trust themselves and they continue to grow. So whatever system created, you know, unhelpful behaviors, they can get past those systems and they can actually go back into those systems with boundaries, with a clear sense of self, feeling better when they communicate their expectations, right? Once we learn how to do it, we can't unlearn it. When we know better, we do better. That is true. It is difficult. I will not say that once you know better, like everything is great. No, we still have to live on this planet with other human beings. We still have to recognize that how I behave and carry myself then affects the environment and the the environment affects me. And so I get to choose what I participate in. I get to choose how I use my resources. I get to recognize that the humans that I spend my sweet soul time with can be emotionally safe and I can say the words that I need to say and I can feel seen and heard and valued in those environments and I can choose who is in those environments. I get to participate in whatever makes me feel better. I feel better when, right? And I don't feel good when I'm doing these things. So that's where I get to set a boundary. I don't. I don't family and I don't holiday. But if I'm in a safe place where, you know, I feel seen, validated, and heard, I can choose that. That feels really good. And so I get to determine what that looks like. That means you, as an autonomous human being, also get to choose that. You get to choose where you feel the safest. You get to choose who you feel emotionally vulnerable with, where you are seen, validated, and heard. And if you are not, then you can extricate yourself from that environment. I don't want to be in that environment anymore. Overnight, maybe not, right? You may have to take some steps to find a new job. You may have to take some steps to leave that relationship. You may have to take some steps to set some boundaries, you know, with the people that you maybe maintain a relationship with in a different way, but you get to choose, right? The only thing we can control are choices and our behavior. Beyond that, you know, we get to bop and weave, we get to pivot, we get to change. I mean, unless we have made choices to put ourselves in a more confined space, that's, you know, that's also the consequences of our choices and behavior. And so really recognizing, look around at who is in your environment. Look around at your environment. Do you like where you are? You are not a tree. You get to choose to move your legs and extricate yourself from that situation, leaving that environment and finding places where you are more emotionally valued and feel valuable to those people and those situations right? We do not have to stay in anything that does not make us comfortable. We do not have to stay anywhere. We are not valued, seen, and heard simply by being, not by what we do. So that is your nugget today. (laughs) So many things came from that, you know, again, little seeds that happen at the beginning of the week that turn into, you know, a podcast. So I wanted to thank some really cool new things that happened. Uh, The podcast is being listened to in Australia. 33 humans have downloaded it, which I love from my experience. Uh, Russia, definitely a thing. Um, 
the United States continues to listen, which I am so, so grateful. I'm grateful to anybody who takes the opportunity to listen to this and certainly to watch the video. Um, and I'm grateful to my friends who come on and support me. Um, I'm going to end the video. I'm going to end the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, workshop on November 18th in Albuquerque at Discovering Greatness, the Holiday Boundary Toolkit. If that is something that you want to be part of your experience to learn how to go into those systems and those environments with boundaries and enjoy your time there, uh, come and see me. You can register on my website, luna-x2-llc. Um, you can find it on Facebook. You can contact me here. You can email me at lx2.cod.coach, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, we have ended the video. I'm going to end the recording. Thank you so much for listening. To all of those new listeners, I do appreciate it. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, lx2.cod.coach, and I will talk to you next week. Take care.